review a, a book for pastors for my alma mater, Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary. And this last January, I had the chance to review a book on homiletics, or it's the art of preaching. It was called How to Preach a Parable. I worked really hard on that book review, and I thought that it was a very good book review. It was concise. It was brief. It offered some, some nice comments about how to view the book. And later, it's always a proud moment when it gets published online on their website. And so on January 27th, they got a post on their website, and I shared it on Facebook, so because it's online. And then I waited. Five minutes later, I checked back to see if anybody had commented on it. Nothing. No likes, no comments. Checked back 20 minutes later, still nothing. Checked back an hour later, two hours later, still nothing. In the end, that little Facebook post that I made received just two likes and one little comment. That's it. My little try at receiving praise in the form of a like, sharing a little part of my life, you realize what it did? Instead of connecting me with more people, instead of receiving approval from people, it left me more isolated, rejected and alone in some little dark, shady corner of Facebook. We're far enough into the internet age and far enough into the social media age to begin to make some judgments about what this is doing in our society. And, and social scientists have begin, begun to study this phenomenon called social media. And one of the interesting phenomenons that they have noticed is the massive anxiety that this produces. The massive anxiety of people seeking approval and praise in the form of a like. Matthew Lieberman went on to study this, this phenomenon. So what he did in his study is he had a real-life human being sit down at a computer and play a game of catch with two avatars online. And at the beginning of the game, the avatars shared the ball with the user. But very quickly, the two avatars excluded and isolated the true human being and began to play catch with only themselves. They ignored him or her. And the users reported a pain level on the same par as someone breaking their leg. Imagine that. So the conclusion of the study was this. Social media exacerbates the age-old need to be accepted and also brings on the sharp pain of rejection. Now, it doesn't take a social scientist to begin to see, well, what is going on here? Human beings have a deep need to be accepted, especially by God. And human beings, each one of us also has a deep fear of rejection, and especially by God. You would think that First Peter doesn't address this phenomenon because Facebook didn't exist back then. 
But he actually addresses this phenomenon, the need for acceptance and the fear of rejection head on. We've been working through this book, 1 Peter, for a few weeks now. But I'm going to remind you one more time about what is going on with these readers of the book of 1 Peter. Peter is writing to a group of people who are not just going to face the social isolation and rejection that can happen on Facebook. He is addressing addressing readers who are about to suffer the extremes of social isolation and rejection and persecution. What's going to happen here for these Christians very soon is a persecution that will be unparalleled almost in the history of the world under Emperor Nero. They will lose their dignity, their lives, and their property, and everything else. So Peter writes to them, and listen to what he says to this group of rejected, isolated people in their culture. He says, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We could boil down these thoughts in 1 Peter into two themes. Rejection and acceptance. What we see right away at the beginning of this lesson is the rejection and the acceptance of Christ. The builders, the religious leaders of the time, the builders of the spiritual house of God, they looked at Jesus the most perfect man who has ever lived on the face of the earth, a nice guy, a powerful man in word and deed, they looked at him and they said, he doesn't fit our purposes. He's not the right stone for this spiritual house. So they looked at him and threw him on the trash heap. They rejected him. Actually, they did worse than that. They not only threw him on the trash heap in the pile of rejects, they hung him on a cross and left him there to die. That's what Peter means when he says he was rejected by men. The builders rejected him. They they tripped over him, and so they will be condemned, which is what their unbelief destined them for. Back in college, I had the opportunity to work in a factory called Dietrich's. And it was a dark, 
windowless, horrible place. <laughs> I would go to work at 6 a.m. before the sun was up. This is in the winter in Minnesota. And then I would go back home at 4 p.m. without ever having seen the sun because the sun sets before 4 p.m. in Minnesota. And the people had mute faces, me included, because what we were doing all day was packaging products for 3M. And I was assigned to the division that packaged sanding sponges. So it, it kind of messed up your hands a little bit. But as the machines would, would spit out these sponges, some of them would come out deformed and ugly looking. And so the packager, which was me, would have to decide which ones were the rejects and which ones weren't. And what we would do with the reject is we would put it on the pile, and we, and, and we called it this. These are the rejects. See, that's what happened to Jesus. They, the builders looked at him, and they said, he's no good, even though he's the most perfect man who has ever lived. And they rejected him. Now there's a little lesson in there, isn't there? About seeking the approval of people. The things that God loves, the things that God thinks are precious, people often reject and throw on the trash heap. Now, when God looked at Jesus, 1 Peter says, he didn't see a reject. When God looked at Jesus, he saw a precious living stone. And so, when God rose Jesus from the dead, he declared with power about Jesus, Peter says, that he is a chosen and precious cornerstone. So he's not just a regular stone, he's the cornerstone, he's the biggest most straight, most perfect stone in the whole batch, and we're going to build this temple according to his straight edge, Peter says. When God looked at Jesus, he didn't see a reject by men. He saw something precious. In fact, Peter says he made him into the capstone. So if you know ancient architecture, the Romans were famous for this. They would make arches, and at the very top of an arch would be the capstone, and it was a perfect stone. And if you took that stone out of the arch, what would happen? The whole arch collapsed, and maybe even the whole wall, maybe even the whole building. See, this capstone was the keystone that held the whole building up. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he absolutely freed him from rejection by men. And he, he called him and declared him the most perfect living stone. And in that same moment that God raised Jesus from the dead, he also freed you. He freed you from rejection. See, the truth about us, and this is a hard truth, is that each one of us are broken and sinful and deformed in our own way. Rejected, you could say. 
And God went, and in Christ, He chose you. Even though you are broken and sinful in your own specific ways. That's what Peter means when he says this. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. He took broken, imperfect stones, he redeemed them, and he sanctified them, and he began to build them into a spiritual house. That's what he did. God in Christ said, Oh, look at this stone. It's imperfect, but I love it. I'm going to put it right here. And then God in Christ, He said, look at this one. It's red. It's got some blemishes on it, but I love this stone. It's going to fit perfectly right here. That's what Peter means when he says, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. I think it's important to note there that he doesn't say bricks. Because bricks all look the same. What God is building His spiritual house out of are living stones. Each one is different and beautiful to God in its own way. You see what God is saying about you by adding you to His spiritual house? Peter tells us, you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. He has chosen you. He has made you royalty. He has made you a priest. He has made you to belong. It's one thing to get a like on one of your Facebook pages by one of your friends. It is maybe another thing if Jimmy Fallon would like your Facebook post and then share it. It is a whole nother thing if God not only likes your Facebook page, but He says, I like you. And I accept you. See, in Christ, God thinks the world of you. And this is the only approval that we need. This is the only acceptance that we need, because this is the only acceptance and the approval that Jesus needed. The fact of the matter is that people haven't changed. We have new technology, and we have social media today, but people really haven't changed, not that much. We still have a deep need for approval, and we have a deep fear of rejection. And all of us can remember what it was like before social media happened. We can remember the rejections that we had. We can remember back in high school when we asked a girl to the prom and she rejected us, how that felt. We can remember back when someone made fun of us because of the clothes that we were wearing. We can remember what it felt like to be excluded from a party because it hurt so much. People really haven't changed. And today, still today, we watch our weight. Why? Maybe because of our health, but also because of what people think of us. Still today, we we post things on Facebook, maybe just to share our joy, but, but maybe also because we need people's praise and approval. You see how Christ frees you from all of this? 
we don't need anybody else's approval. And it doesn't really matter if anybody else rejects us. Maybe it's time for us as Christians to stop caring about what everybody else thinks about us and start caring a whole lot more about what God thinks about us. Because in Christ, God thinks that you are awesome. And he accepts you. So we're freed from all other types of rejection. Now, I want to be clear about this. This sermon isn't an anti-Facebook sermon. I think there's, there are some good uses for Facebook. We can use it to communicate. We can use it to catch up on friends. So I'm not going to stop using Facebook. I, I think Facebook is one of the best prayer lists available to us today because you can look through people's status updates and you can give thanks. And you can pray for the things that are going on in their lives. But we dare not use Facebook to meet our daily need for approval and acceptance. We dare not use it to receive praise in the form of a like. Because we have all the praise and acceptance that we ever need in Christ and in God our Father. And remember, people have a way of rejecting what God loves. So instead of of looking to Facebook for for acceptance, turn to 1 Peter. And, And maybe this week, spend some time just considering what Peter says to you. Let it let it echo in your hearts and minds. And I want to just share some words and just let them drop into the room for a second. What does God say about you? Chosen, royal, priests, holy. And isn't that so much better than a life? Amen.